Welcome in, everybody. Slightly different podcast this week for a few technical reasons that we will get into, but it is Victory Monday, so we weren't going to let this opportunity pass us by to talk about probably the biggest win of the Kevin Stefanski Cleveland Browns era. Joined this Monday evening by Owen Jones. How are you doing, pal? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I think illness is going around the whole country at the minute, and I'm I'm not immune, so um, slightly coarse voice for me today, I think. Yeah, lovely mate, lovely mate. Well, I struggle to understand you at the best of times, mate. So a sore throat's not going <laughs> to not, not going to uh, harm it too much. But uh, I opened up my, as I say, probably the defining win of the Stefanski era. I think the last time we were on, we talked about signature wins, and you know, we we sort of mentioned that when we beat the 49ers about that being a, a sort of signature win. We talked back about some of the, you know, the big wins that there's been. But this this probably is going to go down as a defining moment. Um, I think you can tell by the reaction from some fans as well. It, it finally feels like people realise he's actually a pretty good coach, which is music to this podcast ears, mate. So just sort of start off mate, with your overall thoughts in terms of the magnitude of the victory. Yeah, it was a weird one yesterday because we, we go down like 14-0 quite quickly. And um, the first thought that sort of popped into my head was the Seahawks game because... When the Seahawks game happened, I reacted really quickly and really badly to that start. And I remember you saying, just keep the faith and they'll sort of just ride it out and and this team have got a lot of fight and they'll come back. So yesterday, I remembered that and they went 14-0 down. Although I was like, oh, this could get a bit nasty. It was like, okay, I think I think they'll, they'll end up making a fight out of this, whatever that looks like they'll end up making a fight out of it. And that's just, like you say, like this podcast is massively pro Kevin Stefanski, I'd say, and the way that they're fighting in in every single game that we've seen this year just shows the, the ability that he has over that locker room just to keep them going, keep them going when, it, when things are tough, when things aren't looking particularly rosy, that they just keep plugging in there. They keep it close, and then when it comes down to crunch time, then they're in the game. Whether they win or they lose, they're in right in the game with a chance to win at the end. And that's all we could really ask for, you know, going away to the, the you know, I think fair to say everyone would have been thinking they were the best team in the NFL yes, uh, before yesterday. Going away to there with a QB that ended up being pretty banged up throughout that game yesterday, not to mention he was without... You know, he was on to tackle number four and five, not even, you know, two and three. It was tackle four and five. And they come up with a victory. It was just, it was incredible watch, to be honest. I've gone back and watched it in 40 today because, you know, that second half was was beyond belief at times. And I think you can come out of that game with so much hope and excitement as a Browns fan for the rest of the season. And like you say, it is, it is nice. It is nice to wake up today and, and people giving Stefanski his flowers and people starting to realise he's probably closer to the coach of the year and, and to getting the, an extension at the end of the season than he is to get him fired, which is, which is again, music to our ears. Absolutely, mate. I couldn't agree more. I think it's 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 well deserved. You know, they've obviously got to finish the job, but they've certainly put themselves into a great position. Let's, let's go through it chronologically, mate. We seem to like to start to give our... 
divisional opponents a little gift on the opening drive. It was almost as if someone had pressed the replay button on the Pittsburgh Steelers game. Almost the exact same play, the exact same result, obviously. Deshaun Watson, his first pass of the game. You know, Carl Hamilton tipping it to himself, wanders into the end zone. It, it was the sort of start of a pretty poor first half, if we're honest, for the offence altogether. Um, you know, the second time they got the ball, it was again three and out. So the Ravens got the ball. Um, and ultimately, the defence the defense has had a habit of this as well, if we're honest. They've, they've started games a little bit slow out the traps. Um, you know, Keaton Mitchell had a breakout game last week. The Browns would have known what was coming. Um, the only thing that surprised me, really, and we'll get on to it as we get through it later on, was that we didn't see too much more of Keaton Mitchell after this play because... 40 yards, scampered around the outside, um, you know, one touch basically into the end zone. And as you say, it would have been very easy to sort of think, oh my God, we're in for a really long day here. So, I mean, look, we can bask in the glory, we will bask in the glory, but ultimately, you know, we need to start better than this. I mean, if anything, I was listening to a podcast today and it was actually quite interesting because they said, like last year, you could almost bank on the Browns having a really good game script coming out of the out of the gun. And then it was sort of like in-game and trying to make adjustments on the fly that seemed problematic. Whereas this season, it's almost the flip of that. You know, they've started games really poorly and worked their way into games. But obviously, as we get towards the business end of the season, now, you know, we certainly can't afford to be, be sort of putting ourselves into a 14 0 hole, can we? And it was a pretty ugly first quarter, mate, if we're honest. Yeah, it was. Um, and like you say, we seem to do this not only the first Steelers game, but like going back years now, we seem to, to go away to our division rivals and. And, you know, the first drive is always a nightmare. Like, Baker had a habit of doing it as well, throwing pick sixes, like, real early on and, and putting us in a hole. But, yeah, it, it is strange. It is strange seeing us start slowly. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they can put that down to. It's, you know, yesterday is one bad read, really, isn't it? Like, as much as there's a little bit of luck involved with the Kyle Hamilton pick, um, it's just a bad read. You know, he he didn't see Kyle Hamilton coming on the blitz. Um, thought Najoku was wide open and and you know, disaster strikes. But um like you say, they start slowly. But I think what was you know, we'll touch upon the whole game, the game in in its entirety yesterday. But what struck me, especially looking back on it yet at this morning, was how many things actually didn't go the Browns way yesterday and they still found a way to to be close at the end and they still found a way to win because like it's like you say you're 14 down you know within the first couple of minutes of the first quarter things look looking really bleak and then i think you punt away as well on your second drive it's just it's just all going a bit wrong penalties galore you know we'll get onto the drop punt like everything seemed to be going going in the wrong direction for the browns yesterday and i think that's it's quite. A, it's actually quite exciting, I think, because if that amount of things can go wrong away against one of the best teams in the NFL, what happens when everything goes right? Yeah, and I think that's the most exciting thing that I took out of what rewatching it this morning. Yeah, no, definitely, mate. So, like you said, the first quarter is a bad one. Baltimore put seventeen of their points up in the first quarter, but as has been the case, the defense sort of worked it out. Certainly, a much more impressive second quarter. Baltimore really struggled to move the ball for the remainder of the half. 
Um, but the offense still struggled. You know, let's not try and gloss over it. The offense struggled in that first half. Um, at one point, I think Deshaun Watson was one of nine. Um, you know, we joked he'd completed as many passes to Ravens as he had to Browns as we were sort of heading towards the half. Um, it was a real, real struggle. Let's, let's not try and gloss it up to be anything that it wasn't. They were able to get a few field goals. You know, that's obviously been a reliable source of points through the boots of Dustin Hopkins all season. Um and the Browns managed to score a field goal with about 50 seconds left in the half. I have to apologise if I get any of these stats wrong tonight. I am doing this with no secondary screen, no nothing. So I do apologise if it's not the usual detail we'll give you on the pod. But um, I think it's about 50 seconds left in the half and you give the Ravens the ball back. Now, no problem with that in terms of the clock management or anything. You know, that was what it was. But then the Browns managed to, to force a turnover. Um, Mike Ford, who was playing... Um, Quite a bit yesterday because Denzel Ward was taken out of the game early. Quite a nasty hit, though, actually, if you look back at that one. It was a bit of a, a cheap one, um, you know, where he actually went out. I think most people thought he was probably going to be concussion pro. According to turns out it was a neck injury. We'll wait and see how serious and severe that is. But Mike Ford was obviously the next man up with Cameron Mitchell on the IR. So there's another thing that went wrong yesterday. Um, Mike Ford had his first career interception. Poor throw from Lamar Jackson, who outside of that first course I thought was dreadful yesterday. Um, and we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll touch on the second half coming up. Well, that felt like a big momentum swing that the Browns kind of let slip. Mate, I won't, I won't spend too long on it because ultimately it didn't come back and it wasn't, you know, consequential in the end. But obviously at the end of the half, it was a really bizarre sequence because you mentioned Deshaun being banged up. It was obviously towards the end of the half that almost on back-to-back plays, it felt like that he got rolled up on his ankle. Um, I think one was on a scramble, and then one was as the pocket collapsed. Um, I think one of our, I think it was one of our own linemen happened to sort of collapse onto him. So Deshaun Watson starts trotting off down to the um, the low sort of locker with seven seconds left on the clock, and the lining Dustin Hopkins up for a sixty-yard field goal. I think at the time you thought he was a little bit further away, but it was a sixty-yard field goal attempt. Now he banged one through from fifty-eight, which admittedly was a career long a few weeks ago. But he's obviously been so reliable and trustworthy all year. Weather wasn't particularly a factor yesterday. Um, and it felt like the prudent thing to do is try and kick the points. But then, bizarrely, as PJ Walker comes on the field and the Browns call a timeout, they decide to throw a Hail Mary instead. Um, slightly bizarre. Um, I think it was just described afterwards. I think Stefanski said that he saw the Ravens had put a return man out and he just wanted to completely eliminate any sort of possibility of a negative play, which. You can kind of understand, but the Browns' offense were really struggling to, you know, to generate anything. So you'd have thought taking the points would have probably been more prudent. Just slightly bizarre, sort of, you know, end of the half sort of clock management there. Like I say, ultimately didn't come back to haunt us. But I've got to be honest, when it was thirty-one thirty going down the stretch, I was thinking, oh god, no, please don't let that be the thing that comes back to bite us. Um, so just, just your quick take on that, mate. I don't have gloss spend too much time on it because, like I say, it didn't ultimately end up costing anything. Yeah, so. It was a big missed opportunity um, to change the momentum in the game, um, especially with the Ravens getting the ball back after the half. I thought it was quite important that we added, you know, points of some sort. Um, especially, you know, I agree with you. I don't think Lamar was was great yesterday, but one thing he doesn't do all that often is throw interceptions. So to get one in the spot that we did, and to be pretty much in midfield. You know, after the result of the the Ford interception, I did think that it was a chance wasted. Um, I thought it was a, a feature of the first half, actually, that, you know, I think Stefanski gets a lot of stick 
a lot of the time that the Browns are like not the most explosive offense. They're not the most adventurous when it comes to deep passing. And, you know, if you go back and look at that first half yesterday, I thought they did take a bunch of deep shots yesterday. And for whatever reason, Deshaun Watson just couldn't connect on them. Um, you know, including on that drive where, you know, he throws a 30, let's say 30 yard pass to Elijah Moore down the sideline and Elijah Moore does catch it, but it's, it's just out of bounds. So, you know, I thought they were pretty adventurous in that first half in that respect. Um, as it comes to the field goal, yeah, I was quite surprised. We were we were talking as it happened and I seem to think that that was a lot further than, than what it actually was, like you said. I thought it was like 70 yards. So I, I was like, why is everyone so up in arms that they've <laughs> thrown the Hail Mary? I don't get it. He was never reaching from there. But then obviously when they when when I was told it was only 60. Yeah, it is a strange one. It is a strange one. I can understand where he's coming from that, you know, I think he he would know better than anyone what Hopkins' limitations is by now. Hopkins will know himself what his limitations are by now. He came to the Browns as like a specialist from like 40 yards. But when it was any further, that's when he started to struggle. So I think in reality, although Hopkins has been really good, I think, you know, playing the numbers game, which, you know, all the, all the fans seem to hate <clears throat> about this, this coaching staff and this front office, I think playing the numbers game, I think... That was probably the prudent thing to do there. Although, again, I don't love it. And in a way, the Hail Mary almost got him into trouble anyway because I think it's Kyle Hamilton jumps the route. Well, I'd say jumps the route, but he, he, you know, he's running and he's in, he doesn't break stride as he's about to catch this ball. And obviously he has a chance for a big return if he if he does catch it because the, the wide receiver's already in the end zone. There's no one catching him from that side. But then another Raven decides to fling himself and try and get himself a cheap pick, which sort of just falls to the ground. So, you know, there's risk, risk involved on either side of, of what you do there. Um, in the end, like you said, it, it doesn't matter because we end up winning the game. Um, but it was a curious decision at the time. But I just think... Like I said, they they know his limitations probably a little bit better than what we do, um, yeah, and yeah, that's probably something to bear in mind um, when we're talking about it. But like I said, I would have probably done the same as what you would have and kicked the field goal and just hoped that he made it. Yeah, all's well that ends well, though, man. Because like you say, something happened at half time. I've got to be honest, I'm I'm generally quite positive and like I say I think this team has earned the opportunity to to go out there and be trusted to to play hard for 60 minutes and ultimately there's enough talent on this team to keep games competitive but coming out of the locker room at half time you sort of see people on Twitter say Deshaun Watson's not come back out PJ Walker's on the sidelines warming up um, Deshaun then does come back out but before he's even seen the ball We've had to suffer OBJ running 40 yards free into the end zone off a, a slant route. The only sort of pass of any note that he's completed in the second half of what it's worth um, in the end. But obviously at the time you're thinking this could now snowball. You know, you're not thinking you're going to get a lot from Deshaun. He's had a terrible first half and now he's got this injury. Um, and we obviously know the limitations of PJ Walker. But something happened, mate, because... 
talk about half-time adjustments. To everybody that was sort of, you know, complaining that there wasn't the deep shots and this, that and the other, I think there was probably more there than than people realised. But I think what the Browns did really well yesterday, and I think the way to beat the Ravens is you give, you take what the defence is giving you. They're a defence that likes to keep the ball in front of them and they rally to the ball. They've got a lot of speed on the defence. But a lot of the time, you know, if you can get sort of, you know, routes into the flats, you know, that's why I think David Njoku had a big second half yesterday. You know, he was doing a lot of chips and then he was releasing and then there was no Raven within a few yards of him so he could catch the ball and then turn upfield. Um, the Browns did a really long, methodical drive. I think I heard something today, and whether it's right or not, I don't know. But by all accounts, I think it's... I think it, Did I hear right? It's the longest drive since the franchise came back in 1999 in terms of the length of the drive and the time of clock. Um, like I say, apologies if I'm getting any of these stats wrong, but I'm sure I heard that today. But let's put it this way. It was a 17-play drive that took over 10 minutes off the clock. Um, it was methodical. There were no negative plays. That was the key thing. There were no negative plays. You know, Deshaun Watson's perfect in the second half, and we'll touch on the sort of end drive, if you like, once we get to it. But, you know, he obviously was able to move the change of regularity. I thought he did well with his legs when he needed to as well. You know, there's a few examples of that where, you know, on third and two, he'd scramble for three yards and, and those type of things. Um, really methodical drive ends with what seems to now be a Kareem Hunt compulsory touchdown. You know, I think that's is that five or six games in a row. I think that's now like an NFL leading sort of you know stats, if you like, in terms of a live stat. Um, you know, he's been good since he's been back. He runs really hard for those short yardage situations, and it looked like for all the world, man, he was going to be stopped at the two yard line, but he wasn't going to be denied. Um, and then Deshaun obviously runs in a two-point conversion as well. Now, I don't know if that was the design of the play, but it certainly opened up and he took again what they was was given to him. Um, so a really, really good methodical drive, mate, and I thought it was a really impressive response. And all of a sudden, all of the fears, if you like, of, well, the second half is just going to be a bit of a washout were erased, and it felt like the Browns were one truly in it at that point, didn't it? Yeah, and I think the big difference maybe in the second half to... Sorry, <laughs> to what's been happening with with Watson in in the last, you know, when we've seen him playing not quite as well. Let's just say is that he was just ch- taking everything available to him. Like you say, when the runs were there, he took the the opportunity to do that. You know, a lot of David Njoku's yards in the second half came near the line of scrimmage just because Watson was was taking the checkdowns to him, which was really encouraging because I think that's something for a long time we've sort of missed is you know the ability just to check it down for you know one or two yard pass and then turn that one or two yard pass into some significant yards and his willingness to do that in the second half yesterday paid real dividends for me um and yeah like you said methodical was probably the word that you could use for the whole second half um he made good decisions distributed the ball well when he needed to. He made some really, really good throws at times. Um and yeah, it was it was a huge touchdown drive because let's be honest, anything less than than a touchdown there and and you're in territory of you're in blowout territory really because you know you give the Ravens an opportunity to go down and and score seven the other side and and then it gets probably starts to get a bit messy the further away from a seven point gap that you are. So Yeah. Crucially, got it. You touched on Kareem Hunt there. He just runs so hard. 
he, you can tell he runs every play like he thinks it's going to be his last in yeah. the NFL. <clears throat> um, he did that before. He was a free agent this year. He's probably had a little bit more of a fire added to him because of what happened during the summer as well. So fair play to him. I thought he was cooked. I, d- I did think he was cooked last season. So to come up, come back and be so impactful in, in Chubb's absence, fair play to him. And, you know, as, as someone who's been in trouble and that's why he ended up a Brown, seems to have cleaned up his life as well around it. And I think I just find him, although I don't condone what he did in the past, I do find him an easy football player to root for. So it's it's nice that he's getting success, his hometown team and let let's hope that they can make a run and, and he can be he can be involved in it. Yeah, definitely, mate. Completely echo all of what you just said there. Um Ravens then obviously get the ball back. Um and the Browns defense goes to work. Um, you know, second half I thought the pressure was excellent. They rushed predominantly just with the four. Um, and they got home more often than not. Although what the Browns did really well yesterday, and I've always been annoyed when we play Lamar Jackson, because it always feels that we're going to sack him. And then before you know it, he scampered up the field. It was annoying as it still is. I thought what the Browns did really well yesterday was those would-be or near sacks only turned into two and three yard gains, whereas historically in the past, Lamar Jackson's turned those into 20 and 30 yard gains against the Browns. I thought the secondary effort was phenomenal yesterday. You know, the front four near enough got home, but when they didn't, I thought Anthony Walker, JOK in particular, in terms of in and around the ball and the line of scrimmage, and Grandel Pitt were were phenomenal yesterday. Um, Ultimately, they were able to stop the Ravens, and obviously then they punt the ball away. As you said, near enough everything that could go wrong yesterday for the Browns did. We praised James Prochet last week and lo and behold, against his former team, he muffs one at the, what, 10-yard line. Um, And of course, the Ravens dive straight on top of it. Any momentum that you thought the Browns had got, you think, right, okay, now it's gone. Um, You know, a horrible, horrible sequence. You know, obviously, you know, I thought it was good that they trusted Prochet the next time the punt came because it would have been very easy to have just took him out. And I think that would have been really harmful in terms of his longer-term prospects. Um, you know, but obviously it was just ghastly, ghastly. Thing is, though, mate, even then, the Ravens ran seven plays from our 12-yard line and twice they were stopped. Twice they were stopped and twice on those third-down stops. One was an interception. One, I think, was either a sack or an incomplete. I can't remember which. Um, but they were both wiped off the board, both for holding calls at the back of the end zone. And I know it's frustrating for people, and I know well, I've seen a little bit of criticism that the Browns need to be less handsy and all of that type of thing. This Browns team play a lot of press, man. They play quite physical. I thought the officiating crew yesterday were extremely soft. You know, I've seen a lot of NFL games where things that were being called yesterday... Other crews just let those kind of things play out. I thought the JOK one was a fair enough call. You know, that throw was towards Keaton Mitchell um, and it probably had an impact. I thought the one that was called when Odell Beckham was supposedly held was was poor. I think Newsom was called for that one. Um, and there was others throughout the game. So ultimately, again, you've got, OK, momentum's gone, but the defence has bailed us out. Oh, shit, here's a penalty flag. Back to 
do we? Defense is balanced out again. Great. Oh, shit. Here's another penalty. And it just felt like it was just a constant death by a thousand paper cuts. And ultimately, you know, I'm not going to begrudge the defense giving one up eventually when they did because I thought they fought incredibly hard for those seven or eight plays. It felt like the longest drive in the world that went nowhere. Um, you know, but ultimately, Gus the bus did pull one, th- put one over. Nine minutes to go, mate. Thirty-one points to seventeen down, and even then, even like I say, me as the most optimistic Browns fan, you're thinking it's a long way back from here. It was a real gut-breaking sequence of events in that sort of four or five-minute span, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, it it was <laughs> it was real tough to watch that that punt go down, wasn't it? Um, I felt terrible for Prochet. You could see he was a little bit emotional on the sidelines. You could see how much that hurt him. Don't get me wrong, I was cursing him for a good few minutes <laughs> <laughs> quite loudly. Um, a lot of profanities in there. Um, but I did, I did feel sorry for him at the same time because, you know, people make mistakes and unfortunately that was such a big one in the context of what was happening in the game. Like you said, the defense did so well to to stuff them. Like, like it felt like two or three times, and then you know there's only so long you can do that when a when a good offense is in the red zone. And like you say, I I haven't had a I haven't had much of a chance to go back and see those two plays. Unfortunately, on the game in forty, they don't really you know they just put every every play up once. Really, um, I will I will probably go back and. And watch it, you know, uh, in the end zone view, um, on the coaches' film, and and see. Um, I did, I did also think that they were quite, quite soft yesterday, and you know, even there was a call that we had at, at one point that I thought was really soft. Um, they give pass interference against possibly Marlon Humphrey on um Cedric Tillman of the sideline, and I didn't think there was too much in that either, to be honest, but um. It just felt like those were such back-breaking penalties to give, um, and yeah, I've seen, I've seen a funny enough, I've seen a couple of comments on like Brown's tweets today that the Browns got bailed out with referee in play again, and I was like, what, did, were you watching that game yesterday or, um, because yeah, I think they got shafted for the most part, and you know, we said at the start that everything seemed to go wrong and. I don't think anything summed it up more than that couple of minutes where, you know, muffed punt, holding call on a three and out, holding call on on an interception, which would have been such a big play as well. Um, and then obviously they score the touchdown. But again, you know, Brown's teams we'd have seen in past would have packed it in long before this sequence. Brown's teams in the pack past would have definitely packed it in after this sequence the defense in previous you know previous years as soon as our muff punt comes they trot out on the field the offense scores a one play touchdown on a run that breaks seven eight tackles and they're like oh unlucky boys we'll go again type thing and and they get the 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 score ends up being thirty five, you know, twenty or whatever, and yeah, and we sort of say, oh, better, better luck next week. But the fight that they showed to come back from that adversity again, like especially late on in the game, incredible, incredible. They just they don't they don't say die this team, and 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 that's so exciting to see. 
It definitely is, man. Nine oh six, I think he's he's what was left on the game clock when that touchdown went in. So obviously the Ravens reopened up that fourteen point lead. It was, I think, one of three or four times yesterday that the Ravens had a fourteen point lead. But what he did obviously mean is the Browns couldn't put a methodical drive together. They had to respond quickly. They had multiple scores down. Um, and I think this was probably, you know, a real sign that Deshaun Watson was feeding it in the second half. He connected with Amari Cooper on some good intermediate routes. Um, same with Elijah Moore. You know, there were some good chunks that were gained. I think this is the drive that the Cedric Tillman pass interference call happens as well. Um, so that's another deep shot down the sideline. Um, Tillman had a phenomenal block. I think he was on this drive. Um, absolutely. Cole Van Noy, I think, still doesn't know where he is. Um, it was just a phenomenal block from Tillman. Um, but he got the Browns really quickly up the field, which is exactly what was required. Um, and obviously then Deshaun... Bells out the pocket, scrambles left. Bit of a broken play. You think Deshaun's going to run in, um, and Elijah Moore is there, you know, and Deshaun takes again what's there and what's available to him. Right decision. Great to see more in the end zone. I know you'd have been chuffed with that, mate. It felt like one's been coming for a while, and uh, nice to see him get in there eventually. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I've been saying there's been a touchdown for him coming for a while. I thought yesterday they employed him more as a as a Z wide receiver as well, which, you know, is something I've been calling for for a while as well as a lot of other people. And I thought, again, finds himself open quite a lot. Um, Nice to see him get in the end zone. Hopefully that gives him confidence going forward. Um, And again, a methodical drive, like you said, plays their big plays when when they needed it. And yeah, like, like I said earlier, they just didn't say die, went down, scored a really, really important touchdown and kept the game alive. They certainly did. They still needed some help, though, and they needed the defence to come up with another stop, or we wanted at least another stop to get the ball back for the offence. They went one better than that, mate, and obviously, um, I don't know if it's hit the helmet again or whether it's just hit the, hit the arm and it's bounced up, but obviously another play that we've seemingly seen now three weeks running with the Browns involved. We're 2-1 and one in that regard now, though, mate, because this one loops up, hits big Ogbo on the hand or on the head, I'm not too sure which, um, but it loops up. Greg Newsom catches it. Greg Newsom outruns Lamar Jackson um, down the sideline. Great again to see that, mate, because Greg Newsom, you know, I know there were joke at the start of the season with our number zero for zero picks and all the rest of it. That one's another monkey off the bat, mate. Yeah, and it, it was off the helmet. I've seen it a few times back today. I believe it was off the helmet. And it's weird. I've never really seen it happen in the NFL before. Like, maybe to fall to the floor, but never to, like, be an interception or a pick six or, or whatever and we've seen it yeah like you said three times in three weeks and again Newsom nice to see that happening for him personally as well isn't it um and yeah again like when when we needed the team to step up and make a play they go and do it instantly and, and at that point it felt like you know this this is on you that the Browns are really going for this and you know, obviously they missed the PAT, which we said at the time, that's just typical Browns. They just, they do everything to get back into the game and then they, they make a mistake, which could cost them it. Um, fortunately, it doesn't in the end. But yeah, I, I did have a laugh at that. Yeah, we all did. Because like you say, you thought that was going to be the, the final nail in the coffin after all of that good work, overcoming all that adversity and after how good he's been for Hopkins. That's his first missed extra point of the season. 
Um, so you need the defence again. Um, and again, they come through. I thought Zadarius Smith in particular had a phenomenal series. Miles Garrett will get the headlines because he obviously ended up with a sack and a half and he was obviously big as well. Um, but Zadarius Smith was just relentless. There was one play where he chased Lamar Jackson out the pocket right the way to the sideline. I think Garrett ends up cleaning him up. But Zadarius Smith, I just thought, had a phenomenal series. Um, so... You still get the ball back with over four minutes left, remarkably. It felt like so much happened in that second, in that fourth quarter. But four minutes left on the game clock, and I'm still sitting there thinking, I've seen this movie many a time. Browns are going to score here, and Justin Tucker's going to come and nail one from 70 yards or something ridiculous because we've been there and done it and seen it a million times. But again, phenomenal clock management, um, clutch when it needed to be. Again, the NFL is such small margins. You know, let's not forget there's a play in this sequence where it's first and 10. Um, I can't remember the Raven that it was, but Deshaun Watson gets sacked, ball comes out, Wyatt Teller falls on it. I mean, obviously, if that goes to a Raven, it's game over. Teller falls on it, second and 19. Probably Deshaun's best pass of the day. You know, 17-yard completion to Cooper over the middle. It sets up third and two at the two-minute warning. Um, And the Browns from there have still got to kill two minutes. Now, commentary was quite surprised that they ran the ball. I wasn't particularly surprised because I thought they were going to try and milk the clock. Um, And Jerome Ford picked up some decent yards, ran. I think that the Ravens then called a timeout. Then comes the play that everybody's talking about, which is obviously the... If that team does not win angry runs this week, Carl Brandt needs to seriously look at himself. And somebody needs to have a word with Amari Cooper, because I've watched it back. There is only Amari Cooper that doesn't get involved in this push, mate. Someone needs to have a word with him about his attitude, because the rest of the Browns' offence, they pushed Jerome Ford at least another seven or eight yards down the field. And we can smile about it and all the rest of it, but it's massively significant, mate, because it just makes this upcoming end-of-game field goals just so much more comfortable for the kicker. Um, it was just a phenomenal play, and it embodied everything that this game was, didn't it? The Browns wanted this. You could tell they wanted this. That run was one of many. You know, They then sort of were in a position where the Ravens didn't have timeouts and Kareem Hunt chipped away for a few additional yards. Um, it obviously set Hopkins up for the 40-41 yarder to win it, which he nailed. Um, and despite not being able to instantly celebrate because there was a flag and there was a bit of confusion, obviously it was eventually signalled good. Um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal win, mate. I thought they were outstanding yesterday. Um, I said it's probably the biggest win of Stefanski's reign. Let's hope it's the first of many because they've really set themselves up now for what's ahead, haven't they? Brilliant end to the game. Yeah, um, I think that there's probably a few Browns runs yesterday that, that could be considered for angry run. I think just a quick shout out because we haven't mentioned him, but David Njoku was sensational yesterday. Um, Absolutely. Runs after the catch and just effort dragging players with him all alone. You know, incredible. And I think the the biggest thing that I took away from that last, last drive was just the calmness that Deshaun Watson seemed to have, which was really encouraging because... In those moments, we've seen Browns QBs in the past more often than not just be frantic and and not really look like they're going to get the job done or not look like they're going to expect to get the job done. And he, to be fair to him, he did look like that. That that second and 19 pass, incredible. I thought as soon as the sack happened, even though we got the ball back, I thought it was going to be a real struggle to get to get like over the over the line um, at that point. And and like you say, that was such a good throw. 
loads of great runs in, involved. Stefanski's clock management, Deshaun Watson's clock management was sensational. And and yeah, the feeling when that went through the posts, unbelievable. Um, you know, we'd like we'd like the Browns eventually to start winning without, you know, having to to give Have us a heart attack yep. right at the end. <laughs> that would be nice, but when it when it does happen, it's an incredible feeling, and yeah, long long may it continue. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely, it sets up a huge game this weekend, Steelers week. By that time, we might even be in a position to actually be playing for the division lead, depending on what happens Thursday. It's a huge week in the AFC North. I know we didn't actually get a preview pot out in the end last week. We'll definitely try and do one this week because it's probably one of the biggest games. Well, it is the biggest game of the season now, isn't it? It's all set up. Steelers move to 6-3 and three with their win. Bengals lose ground, losing to Houston, which is helpful. Um, they're really poor in the AFC as well. The Bengals are 1-4 in the AFC, so they really, really, really need to win on Thursday night. So we'll definitely get back together before the end of the week. We'll get something out this side of the weekend. Hopefully by then we'll have the graphics and the audio and everything that we usually do. So apologies, it's a little bit disjointed tonight, but as I say, we weren't going to let Victory Monday slip by without recording something. My thanks to Awine for joining me. Enjoy your week, Browns fans. Let's get used to another Victory Monday and we will see you all soon on the Believe and Brits podcast.